Kind darf nun sein. Und Aleph, Addiction, Unklusbar, Unklusbar, Achte, de Titus. So here we have a, a very strange piece of Gemara, uh, where the Gemara says at the bottom of Nun Vovamud Beis, that Unculus bar clunicus bar achte de titus have. Uh, that the Unculus, the son of Clonicus, was, was the nephew of Titus. The Seder uh, Hadorus brings in the name of the Ma'ur Enayim, the Maritz Chayes references it on our Gemara, that this can't be our Unculus that we know. Uh, he lived earlier than this event. And the Vilna Gon changes the Girsi and says, this is Unculus bar Unculus. So this is Unculus' son, that the story is about. Unculus' son was a nephew of Titus who destroyed the Beis Amikdash. We talked in yesterday's year about how we, one has to be able to see the seed of, of, of goodness, of, of sunlight, of optimism in the worst and the most difficult of times. But optimism doesn't mean everything will be okay. It just means that if you take a long view of history, And, and you see the, the full extent of history, then ultimately things are going to work out for good. And in fact, the seeds of the good are planted in the decay of the evil. And, and one thinks Unculus' uh, son is a nephew of, of Titus. And he was a spiritualist. He knew how to work with the, with the departed souls. So although most spiritualists are hoaxes, Uh, but there is such a thing as spiritualism. There is, there is such a thing. We see it in the Torah that there is such a science to be able to call up the spirits. Uh, and there are spiritualists who are genuine. And, and Unclus by Unclus either was able to do it himself or, or had access to somebody who could do it. Uh, just like astrology. Not every astrologist is authentic. Most astrologists are not. But, but there is a science of astrology and we see that in the Torah. Uh, so Unclus... Barunculus calls up the spirit of Titus and he says to him, Man Choshiv Bahau Alma, who's most important in that world up there where you are, Titus? Who's sitting at the top? Who are the people? Down here, it's difficult to know who's important and who isn't important. Down here, you were an emperor. Uh, but, but you had a miserable sort of a death. The Gemara talks about his death. Who's, who are the VIPs up there? It says Titus Yisroel. The Jewish people here have got the, the front row seats. They've got the prime properties. I'm Yisroel. So he says, should I join them? He says, you know, there are too many mitzvahs for them. You're not going to, you're not going to make it. Rather, he says, antagonize them, attack them. And you'll become great because it says that Kol Yisrael Rosh, that the Rebbeinu Shalom doesn't like Jews to be attacked by, some, by, by irrelevant people. When a Jew is attacked, he's attacked by somebody big. So it's, if you want to play big time, become an enemy of the Jews. Becoming an anti-Semite is good for your PR, says Titus to Unculus Barunculus. Later on, the Daphnun Zayin, Unculus calls up Bilam. He sees this is working quite well. He's able to get to, into conversation with all these wicked people. So he gets hold of, of Bilam Harosha. And he says to Bilam, uh, who, who, who's important there? Uh, and it, Bilam says, the Jewish people. Israel. So he says, maybe I should connect. I should become Jewish and be part of them. Omale lo tidro shlomam vetovatan kolayamim. 
Do not have anything good to do with them ever. Keep away from the Jews. Do nothing good for them. He then goes and he calls up Poshe Yisroel. The Gemara says he calls up the sinners of, of Yisroel. But in the in some Gemaras, you'll see it's, it's, it's annotated that in the Gemaras before the censorship, the, we, the, our version of the Talmud was censored, and they took out certain parts that could be offensive to, to, to the Christians at that time. Uh, and in the pre-censorship, it doesn't say that he called up the Poshe Yisrael. It says he called up Jesus. So he calls up Titus, he calls up Bilam, and now he's calling up Jesus, Yoshke. He says, Yoshke, what's going on up there? Who, are, who has the prime property in that world? Amalei Yisrael. So three, of, three people, Bilam, Titus, Bilam, and, and Yeshu are not three. All say Yisrael are the, are the people here. Maulid Bukibuhu. What about becoming part of them and supporting them, says Unculus to Jesus? Always seek their good. Do good to the Jewish people. Take care of the Jewish people. Never become antagonistic to the Jewish people. That's what he says. If you strike the, the Jewish people, it's as if you strike your own eye. You blind yourself. It's not a good thing to do. And the Gemara goes on, and the Gemara says, and it's interesting to see from here, Tachazi ma'ben poshe Yisrael in ve'eu mot of the Avodah Zorah. It's interesting to see the difference even between poshe Yisrael, somebody who from the Jewish perspective left Yiddishkeit, left Judaism, and sinned and created a whole movement against the Jewish people, and, and look how much bloodshed resulted from that, that Christian uh, movement later on. Well, that may, that may not have been his intention at all at the time that it was that it was founded. But says the Gemara, see the the Rishoyim of the of, that have no Jewish neshama at all, Bilam and Titus. Look at them. That even when they're there in Olam Hayemet, they're up there in the world of truth. They can see the world as it really is. They're not dealing with politics. They're sitting in Olam Hayemet. They were sitting in the world to come. They can see everything as it really is. And still, they say they advise Unculus. To be an anti-Semite. Whereas, whereas Yoshko has a Jewish neshama. Even though he might have veered off the, the path from a Jewish perspective during his lifetime, after his lifetime he comes to Elama when he sees the truth and he's able to acknowledge the truth and to advise Unculus to support the Jewish people and not to antagonize them. Very interesting piece of Gemara. Reb Simcha Zissel Ziv asks a very important question. Reb Simcha Zissel Simcha Zissel was one of the great Talmidim of Reb Salante. And this question is reported by Reb Chaim Friedlander, who was a mashkiach in Ponovi's yeshiva, and wrote the Sifse Chaim. Reb Chaim Friedlander was a Talmid, a very close Talmid of Reb Leo Desler. Rav Desler was a great-grandson of, of Reb Yisrael Salante. So that's all you see who it is. And his father was a close Talmid of Reb Simcha Zissel. And uh, Rav Desli himself was a, a Talmud of Rav Tzvihish Broider, who was Rav Simchazisel's son-in-law, and was the, uh, his successor in the Kelmer Talmud Torah, Torah Kelm, which was the, the center of Torah Musa in, in Lithuania. Uh, and he brings Rav Simchazisel's question, and that is, how is it possible that Titus and Bilam, sitting in Olam Haemis, 
seeing the world for what it really is, understanding truth completely, and are able to say the most important people up here in this world of truth, in the Olam Ha'emet, where only truth counts, in this Olam Ha'emet, who are the important people? The Jewish people. Should I become part of the Jewish people, says Unkurus Barunkurus? No, they say. Be an anti-Semite, rather. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Why would you advise somebody to be an anti-Semite if you see the truth up there? You know what's really happening. The answer lies in a strange story. There was a man in Kelm by the name of Reb Nottel. Reb Nottel was a businessman in, in Kelm. And Reb Nottel had a wonderful daughter who he married off to a very great Tamid Chochem. And he supported the Talmud Chochem to learn in Kelm for, for many years. And eventually it was time for the young couple to make their own way. And the wife, the young woman, says to her husband, we've got some money from the wedding. Let's take the money. We'll, we'll open a little business in Kelm. I'll work in the business most of the day. Just two hours a day, you'll come and relieve me. And for the rest of the day, you sit and learn. Because the husband said, I can't leave learning. I can't stop learning to go into business. It's not, it's not possible for me. So they agreed. That's what they would do. Two hours a day, he would work in the business. But he began to enjoy the business. And he really got into the business and he became a serious businessman to the point where he had no time to learn anymore. And uh, that's part one of the story. Part two of the story. All of a sudden, when Mozart Shabbos, this young woman becomes ill. And they can't figure out. They take her to all the doctors. They can't figure out what's wrong. Somebody suggests maybe she has a dibuk. Now, a dibuk, like astrology and like spiritualism, dibuk is something that is true. There really is such a thing. A dibuk is a spirit of a dead person who goes rogue and enters the body of a living person and, and hacks the operating system of the living person and takes control of the operating system of the living person. It happens occasionally. It's such a thing can happen. Uh, now, again, most of the people who claim to know about it and see no frauds, are, they're, they're charlatans, but there is such a thing. So they thought maybe there's a dibuk in this woman because they could find nothing physically wrong with her. So at that time, you see how, how rare it was for to understand anything about dibukim. At that time, there was a dibuk specialist who was Reb Mendel of Stutzin. Reb Mendel of Stutzin was a Kabbalist. Stutzin was very far from Kelm. Stutzin is in, in what is now Ukraine, between Kiev and the Polish border. So that's a long schlep from, from Kelm. Stutzin, by the way, was a place where, in 1941 already, the Ukrainians went in and murdered the Jews. Don't think the Ukrainians are our mates, uh, or we have any kind of historic friendship with them, or that actor Zelensky is anything more than an actor. Uh, and, and some kind of a, a righteous person. Uh, we don't owe anything to the Ukrainian people historically. Of course, today there are other people who mean well, but we don't owe anything to them historically. They took great glee in, in, in pogroms and in this particular case in Stutzin itself. The Jews of Stutzin put up a valiant fight against the Germans later on, but most of them were wiped out. The um, Sir Mendel of Stutzin, they took the girl to Mendel of Stutzin, he examined her, and discovered there was a Dibuk. At first he wasn't sure. He discovered finally there is a Dibuk and was able to get into conversation with the Dibuk. He talks to the Dibuk and he says, what are you doing? Who are you? Who were you in your real life? Listen to the story. He says, I was a brisker young yeshiva bocha. I, I learned in yeshiva's brisk and I went to South Africa. 
And in South Africa, I got off, went off the tracks. I, I lived a good life and I stopped keeping Shabbos and I stopped everything. I didn't, uh, I went completely off the tracks. And um, the mother of this boy, of, of this girl, and of the boy, the two mothers, pleaded with me to enter the body of this girl and make things difficult for her. So that to be metaken, so that she could come to a tikkun, because she did a terrible thing. She took her husband away from Torah, because he started off with two hours a day in the business, and then he became a businessman full time, and he should have been a Talmud Chacham, he should have been learning. And because of that, they came to me. I also left Torah, uh, and they asked me to enter her body, and that's why I'm here. So Mendel did some promised that the, the boy would go back to learning and that they would do tshuva and he davened for the, for the neshama of the dibuk and eventually he sorted it out and the girl recovered. Rebellia told the story. Rebellia Lopian told the story to some Talmudim in Kamenitz when he came to Israel. And he added, he said, the story as it was reported is missing an important piece. And he heard the story from Rabnotala himself. Rabnotala of Kelm, he says, I was standing at the fence, next to the fence of the Kelm at Talmud Torah, and Rabnotala told me the story. And included in the story was, while Rab Mendel was busy talking to the Dibuk, the Dibuk started swearing and cursing in the most terrible of language. Rab Mendel had to close his ears, and everybody there had to close theirs. He was swearing terribly. And Rebellia explained that when a person's midos, when a person's character is corrupted, which happens in lifetimes, our characters become corrupt, and we don't fix the character in our lifetimes, then after life, this, this was the words of the Dibuk that Rebellia reported, Do you should know, that if you don't do tshuva, you don't cleanse yourself from the corruption, as hanefesh lemala lara lamata, the soul in heaven is addicted to the bad behavior as much as it was in heaven, in, in, on earth. Addiction is not a physical condition. It's a condition of the neshama. And, and in order to overcome addiction, you have to achieve self-mastery. And that's what our lives should be, should be about. Our lives should not just be about the operational side of keeping Torah, about the tactical side of keeping Torah. Uh, of course, that's important, but it really has to be the main reason we're here is tikkun amidot, is to improve ourselves, to refine ourselves, to cleanse ourselves, to remove the corruptions in our operating systems, to get rid of the viruses. That's why we're here. And Rabbi Chaim Friedland adds and says, that's, that's Gehenna. Hell is, you're up in the world of Emes and you can see the truth, but you can't do anything about it. You can't, fit, you can't get rid of your own addictions. This man was addicted to foul language. So much so, he couldn't even stop using the foul language when he's in Olam Ayamet, sitting in God's presence. He's swearing. He, watch your mouth. He couldn't. He'd lost control. Even though he's just an ashama, he's not a body anymore. Says Rebellia, the bad habits and the addictions that we develop in this world, if we don't cleanse our characters and develop self-mastery, we take it with us to the next world. And then you can't cleanse it anymore. The only opportunity to cleanse yourself is here. It can happen if you go, God forbid, to Gehenna and God cleanses you. That, that's already a privilege if God takes the trouble to cleanse you in Olam Abba. But to cleanse yourself, that you can only do in this world. 
And if we haven't cleansed ourselves through personal self-mastery, we take our addictions with us, even to Olam Ha'emet. That's an unbelievable chidush that Reb Elia brings. Obviously, it comes from Reb, Yisrael, from Reb Simcha Zissel, and therefore from Bipsrol Salanta, therefore from the Vilna Gorn. We know where it comes from. To understand that that's the nature of addiction. Addiction is not a physical thing. It's not a chemical thing. Of course, it's that as well. The body and the soul are one, one system. They're one unit. You can't treat illness, physical illness, just physically. And you can't treat mental illness just mentally. The body, the physical, and the spiritual are one integrated system. They're one unit. They have to be solved together. And addiction is partially a spiritual thing. It's a problem of character. It's lack of self-discipline, lack of self-mastery. And if, God forbid, one dies not having developed self-mastery, you take that addiction with you. It doesn't go away anywhere. So much so that even foul language one could speak. Therefore, we explain, what about Bilam and what about, uh, about Titus? Bilam was filled of kida. Kina is a corrupted character. Jealousy to the point of wanting to destroy Am Yisrael, even though Hashem was telling him the truth when he goes to, to, for Balak. He knows what he's supposed to do, and all he wants to do is curse Israel, and he can't get the words out of him. But that's all he wants because he's so filled with jealousy. And Titus, so filled with hatred, that he tells Unculus, ben Barunculus, become an anti-Semite rather than support the Jewish people, although the truth is with the Jewish people. It's that hatred which is part of their midot. If it's just an Isa one's done an Avera, okay, you can do kapora for the Averot, that the soul will be cleansed from the sins we did. But the soul isn't cleansed from the character flaws we have. We have to cleanse ourselves from our character flaws. And that should be our Avoida here. And it's one of the things that I, I worry about and I'm concerned about even here in Ranana, that we focus, it's, it's wonderful that we do, we learn Torah, we practice mitzvot, we daven, we do the things we need to be doing. That's great, that's the operational side of Torah. But how much effort are we putting into developing our character, developing our personalities, mastering ourselves, developing self-mastery? Who's teaching the tools? Where are we going to learn the tools of how to do that? which is what Musar is all about. That's what we should be spending our time learning. That's what a Beis HaMedjah should be. Instead of what are our shuls, our shuls are a place where we get together, Canon Hor, it's wonderful, we have a wonderful davening on Shabbos and then, and, and a Kiddush, and we drink a Lechaim and everything. But where are we, do, where are we going to a Beis HaMedjah that is dedicated to the development of the, of the human character, to the development of self-mastery? Where is such a Beis HaMedjah in Ramah? Where, how many Basay Medrash are there in Eretz Yisrael? I'm not talking about yeshivas where people are there full time, and even there it's not that frequent. But for Balabatim, where does one go for that purpose? Not just to hear a shir, or to daven, or to chape kiddush. But where do you go to make sure that when we come to Olam Hayemis, we have a character that doesn't take with it all the garbage that we've developed in our character while we've been here on this world? That's what we need to be able to do, and that's what this Gemara teaches us, the Titus and Bilam couldn't get rid of it. Even Yoshka was able to, to get rid of it. It wasn't a character flaw. He didn't have a character flaw. He, he had a different philosophy and he went a different way. And, and, and that's what happened. We know the history. But he didn't have a character flaw. If he had a character flaw, he would have taken it with him. Bilam and Titus had character flaws that they couldn't rid themselves of even in the presence of Hashem in Olam Hayemet. How important it is for us to make sure 
that we work on our characters, that we refine our characters, that we diminish our egos, that we live lives of truth, that we see the world as it really is, and that we work not only in the operational and tactical side of Torah, but on the existential and experiential side of Torah, which is what we're here to do, to develop our neshomas, to develop our character, and to perfect ourselves. Thank you.